More trade talk with the Charlotte Hornets. What would we be willing to give up for a Miles Turner or just a center anywhere in the NBA? We also asked the question if LaMelo Ball is a superstar all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is da- daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, so check them out at prizepicks.com. We appreciate you joining us. Lockdown Hornets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, and that includes YouTube, where if you joined us yesterday, if you clicked on the first, second, or third, we're splitting these shows up into segments and then putting them out as a video each itself, right? So three videos basically Mm -hmm. per day. Mm -hmm. You could have seen us three times Mm -hmm. wear the bee suit because we wanted to maximize Mm -hmm. all of the content that made us look as uh, as, as ridiculous as we possibly could, and so you can check it out. At uh, on Locked On Hornets at YouTube, so you can go check us out. I've got a new well. costume idea, by the way. I've got a new costume uh, no. idea. So Wes, uh, Wes Wednesday. We typically do Wes Wednesdays. Wes couldn't be here today, but uh, hopefully we can get him maybe tomorrow or next week because he has a new catchphrase called "Straight Fire." He's been saying that a lot on the show, and I love it. I love the new catchphrase. So I want to do something around that. And I'm thinking maybe like a fire helmet, you know, just some fire <laughs> sound effects. I'm gonna work on it. Yeah, I are you so you're going to try to do this virtual reality and put it on his head via the things you can do or do you want him to actually wear a fire helmet? Oh no, I would say I would wear the fire helmet. I, oh, maybe, you want to do I, it. I just like wearing <laughs> costumes. Uh, I have a theater background that sort of plays into some of my strengths. Um so I and I think I could pull off the fire helmet. Can I just tell you a couple of things I noticed watching those episodes back yesterday. Mm-hmm. You were excellent in the intro where <laughs> I don't know what moves you're doing. You're doing the Al Jefferson one-handed ba- mm-hmm. basketball bombing in the post, trying to figure out what you're going to do. And then also, you enjoyed the stangin'. Me using your catchphrase when I said, I'm stangin', showing off my little stinger on the B costume. I mean, that was like, yes, well, everything came full circle. Theater, I, costume, your catchphrase. Well, yeah, I love you using the catchphrase. I love when anyone uses the catchphrase. If they tweet at me on, on Twitter when anything stangin', it's great. It's the <laughs> one catchphrase that like some people around the Hornets haven't stolen from me yet. So, <laughs> Eric, so, uh, it's off limits. You can't use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, please. No one takes stanging from it's all It's all you've left me. You took Sky Miles. You've taken everything else. You took Miracle After Midnight. Just hmm. leave me stangin'. We're going to leave you staying in. I won't steal it from you anymore until we... Now, the other question I have real quickly that I, w- I found myself in this predicament after the episode, what did you do with the costume? <laughs> Where did you put it? Well, it's hang- the costume itself is hanging in my closet, but you can see the the, the actual B helmet oh, I is, do see uh, it. Yes. sitting on top of my basketball goal in my background. So a little remnant. I thought about doing something like that once I get a like a nicer background. I could put it over there, something like that, just to use it a part of the show. Either way, I had no clue what to do with it, and so now it's kind of in my closet too, and it looks weird that I have a bee suit in my closet. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets possibly making a trade. Trade talk has been all around us this season because of the need for a center. We know Indiana, the one team that I think has been most talked about, even mm-hmm. with the Charlotte Hornets, because they have the one player that's been most talked about, Miles Turner. 
a guy that's been linked to the Hornets for quite some time. Sham Sharania just put out a Trade Rumors article on The Athletic that continued those inquiries from Charlotte trying to go after a Miles Turner. And that included the Dallas Mavericks, the New York Knicks, and even the L.A. Lakers. But the Hornets were among those four teams. On a recent ESPN piece, Bobby Mark put out there, Bobby Marks put out there, that the Charlotte Hornets, maybe a trade between the Pacers and the Hornets, could be James Booknight and Mason Plumley in exchange for Miles Turner. Doug, who says no to that deal? Well, if it doesn't include any kind of additional draft compensation, I think maybe Indiana says no to that deal. I don't know that Mason Plumley and James Booknight would be enough. Uh, to seal the deal, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the talk around this deal for Miles Turner has involved PJ Washington because Walker PJ Washington is not only a known commodity, unlike James Booknight, he's a hot commodity. He's playing really well right now, and so if Indiana has aspirations of getting a player back that they could, you know, build around, it would it would be you know the less risky proposition would be PJ Washington than taking James Booknight back. Yeah, and I wonder what the less risky proposition is for the Charlotte Hornets. Like, uh, it sounds easy enough to say that P.J. Washington would be the less risky one, but this is a first-round pick in book night that has really high upside as far as the scorer goes. Mm -hmm. I think this is the deal that would be the most divisive between Pacers and Hornets fans. I think the Pacers Mm -hmm. are going to want more. I think fans for Indiana are going to want more. And I think the Hornets are going to think that's too much, giving up James Booknight. That, that's the guy, to me, that I think Hornets fans want to hold on to as much as anything, more so than PJ, more so than Kai. I even think Hornets fans would be willing to give up not a lightly protected first, but let's go, I don't know, top 10. I think they'd be more willing to give up that pick than a James Booknight. I, just from reaction, from the way that people – seem to really be invested in Book Knight's future. And look, it makes some sense to some degree if you think that Terry Rozier is going to move on in the next year or two and you want James Book Knight to be that guy that carries that torch from him and he can play alongside a LaMelo ball. Like, there are reasons to keep James Book Knight for sure. One simple one just being as a first-round pick. But I think that's the most divisive deal that you could come up with between these two teams where each fan base is like, no, I don't want to do it. Well, because it's a huge risk because James Booknight is Schrodinger's rookie. We don't know what James Booknight is or what he could be because we just haven't seen a lot of him this year because the Hornets have a glut of uh, veteran wings who are all playing well enough to justify them continuing to get minutes over James Booknight, so we don't know what he is or what he could be, um, and, but we also don't know. We we have a history, we have a track record of of Mitch Kupchak drafting well, and so that sort of lends to the argument that James Booknight could be something great for the mm-hmm. Hornets because we have this history of Mitch Kupchak with the Charlotte Hornets and and with other teams with the Lakers too drafting well we don't necessarily have that record with the Charlotte Hornets of him trading well the only deal that he's ever done has been to bring Brad Wanamaker (laughs) uh, over to the Hornets from the Warriors which was just a deal uh, of necessity so so we don't have that history and so I think there's a lot of risk involved when you're talking about making James Booknight because the nightmare scenario is that Miles Turner turns the Hornets into a first-round exit playoff team only, and James Booknight goes and becomes a star guard for Indiana. Yeah, and and I think that's 
of course, it's always going to be risky when you're trading a younger player. That's the idea. That's the enticing part to the team that receives it. It's the worrisome part when you talk about the team that allows them to exit the organization. But if you're getting Miles Turner, who's only 25 years old, and he fills an immediate need, and, and it turns a weakness into an outright strength. Rim, he's an elite rim protector. We can put Rudy Gobert number one, and then we can probably put Miles Turner number two or number three and whoever else you want to put in that conversation. But he's not exiting the top uh, three. And the guy, even if his three-point shooting percentage has dipped pretty significantly here, especially in the last five games, Miles still a career 35% three-point shooter. And so he still allows you to stretch the floor and protect the rim defensively. That's why I think he's so enticing, especially at only the age of 25. I do this deal, Doug. If we just want to simply answer this, I do it. If I'm Mitch Kupchak, if they say, hey, we'll go ahead and pull the trigger. We just want to be rid of the whole Miles Turner trade rumor thing that we've been undergoing the last three years. We'll take James Booknight. Give us Mason Plumlee to match the salary and give us depth at center, even though they've got a million centers on that team. And we'll send you Miles. If I'm Charlotte, I'm doing it. What say you on that proposal? If you don't have to give up any kind of future draft pick, because the Hornets already have leveraged some of their draft at their uh, more recent draft assets. So if you don't have to leverage any of that, then I say, yeah, I think you do this deal. The Miles Turner thing makes sense, makes too much sense. Mm -hmm. I think Miles Turner particularly would be great alongside LaMelo Ball. And then you sort of scratch that itch. You satisfy that need to get better as LaMelo Ball continues to get better. And you show him, hey, yes, we are trying to get you into the playoffs and allow this team to contend. You just continue to make the case to him, to LaMelo Ball, hey, we're trying to build a winner here in Charlotte. You know, keeping James Booknight, that's a long-term play. I'm not sure that that would go very far in making that case to LaMelo Ball. So I think, yes, you do the deal. M Mitch, finally do something. I wouldn't do it for any other center, honestly. I think Miles Turner, this is a particular case where it makes too much sense. And um, Christian Wood? Jesse, no, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think for no, Christian I, well, Wood. And, 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 and there have been some clips where, it, you know, Christian Wood's attitude is apparently, you know, is, is kind of getting blasted right now. There was that clip of him refusing to go guard Andre Drummond down low, and then they got burned because of it in the other game against Philadelphia. We've heard that that's kind of been the MO on him, yeah. why he bounced around from team to team. It's like, I mean, if, if that's going to be the case, as, as crazy gifted as Christian Wood is, if, if those things start to float around, I don't know him. Like, I, I, this isn't, I have no clue who he is, but if those things are floating around and if they're true, then yeah, I think Miles Turner probably is the perfect example, even more so than a Wood or maybe even other centers. Yeah, just real quickly, I mean, the Hornets have a great team chemistry right now. So if you're going to break that up in any respect by moving players, then you better bring back a player that can come in and integrate pretty easily and not cause much trouble. And I think that's Miles Turner. I, I am less sure that that's Christian Wood. Yeah, 100%. I want to continue to make maybe one more point on that. Also want to talk about Kendrick Perkins, some ESPN conversations surrounding Perk. the Charlotte Hornets, and specifically LaMelo Ball. Let's talk about prize picks first, though, because they have the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, and they offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and they offer all the superstar players as well as the bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Go to prizepicks.com today. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app. 
prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing prize picks, you honestly don't know what you're missing. So much fun. You don't have to wait the entire season. It's not something that you have to make sure you're constantly tinkering with your lineup because something might happen. No, it's it's daily fantasy. You have total control over it, and it's made easy for you at prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA uh, once you go to the website. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Kendrick Perkins' comments on LaMelo Ball and one other trade scenario I want to throw at Doug. That's coming up on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Let's continue trade talk here for just a moment. We just discussed James Booknight being the piece that would go out in a trade for Miles Turner. But you mentioned P.J. Washington, Doug, and this Mm -hmm. is somebody you mentioned not even just being any commodity. is a hot commodity now for the way that he's been helping the Charlotte Hornets. We've always talked about the numbers being very good. He's pretty visibly their most important player at that spot. He's just a phenomenal small ball center and unlocks a lot of things for the Charlotte Hornets team that not only the Hornets don't have when he's not on the floor, but even other NBA teams protecting the rim, shooting 40% from three, really special in that regard. So if you had PJ Washington and Mason Plumley as the package going out in exchange for Miles Turner, not even necessarily would you do that deal, but would you rather get rid of P.J. Washington and Plumley or James Booknight and Plumley? It's difficult because I think, you know, a lot of the reason that P.J. Washington has been so valuable to the Charlotte Hornets is precisely because they don't have someone like Miles Turner. Although I was looking at some numbers today and and the 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 sort of write-up on P.J. Washington for a couple of years was how would he mesh with Miles Bridges? And and there was right. a there was a particular season where like Miles was awful with PJ while playing with PJ. But I was looking um, at some stuff on PBPStats.com today, and Miles Bridges his three point percentage, his effective field goal percentage, so much of Miles's offensive game is significantly better when PJ uh, is on the floor. And PJ has been part of these lineups in the second quarter and the third quarter with bench and starters mixed in together that have really helped the Charlotte Hornets gather and maintain leads and give them opportunities to win games in the fourth quarter. So he like he it's not necessarily winning time, it's the setup to the winning time. PJ Washington has been a big part of that. So I, it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's really difficult, it's but I think I I honestly as much as I love PJ, I think we know what we know about PJ, and he's been so great because you don't have Miles. So I would rather keep Book Knight because I think Book Knight, looking out into the future, has the potential to be much greater at his position than PJ is at his position right now. So I think, yeah, I mean, I'd love to stick, I'd love to keep the future asset that we don't know about and, and move the guy who has been great precisely because we don't have the piece that we're looking for. Well, and part of this becomes what do you plan to do with Cody Martin? Because Terry Rogier is mm-hmm. on this team for a while making big time money. You know, LaMelo's going to get everything and more that he asked for so they can continue to have him be a Charlotte Hornet. Cody Martin is somebody that also plays in that backcourt and has become a pretty impressive 
rotation player for this NBA team. Jalen McDaniels, you know, like that's kind of something that you want to put in the mix. Maybe Jalen McDaniels allows you to feel better about sending P.J. Washington out, even though he's not going to be the small ball center. Like he doesn't do the same things, but he's still a tall defender that can knock down threes. Can Jalen McDaniels be the guy that allows you to feel a little bit easier about getting rid of P.J.? And can Cody Martin be the guy that allows you to feel a little bit easier about getting rid of James Booknight? Even though clearly they have different skill sets, it's just how much do you want each of those younger players, those second-round picks, to be a part of the future? I, I just hate getting rid of P.J., somebody that unlocks this small ball thing that helps you so much, even in playoff situations. Like, you could go into a series – and PJ is just going to be camping out there in the corner uh, yeah. up at the top of the key because he's so good shooting right at that center spot, right at the top of the key. And it's like, what what does the center do in that situation? Let's say you go against Philadelphia and you still have PJ and Miles. So Miles can give you all the, the Joel Embiid minutes and try to limit him as much as possible, even though we, we see him get bodied from bigger, stronger centers every now and then. But then, like, each of those guys can help out in way different ways. They they unlock some crazy versatility. And that's that's why it's tough for me. PJ also contractually, like, how much do you want to allocate to him? That has to be a part of the conversation. If I, yeah. I think Book Knight would be the answer. I'd rather get rid of Book Knight because I'm very mm. much seeing playoff scenario now. But I'm not saying it's an easy decision. It's really Yeah, hard. but, I mean, I'm seeing playoff scenario now. But I don't – this season – I don't think that a Miles Turner deal that keeps P.J. Washington means that the Charlotte Hornets are going to legitimately contend in the Eastern Conference. There are just four or five teams that I think talent-wise and roster construction-wise, even if the Hornets uh, pull pull off a trade for Miles Turner and keep P.J., I think those rosters are still better than the Charlotte Hornets in a playoff scenario. I, I think that the, the acquisition of Miles Turner would be setting up another act or you would hope would set up another acquisition next season or the season after that could then vault you along with Lamella Ball's development vault you into Eastern Conference contention yeah um, well we'll see if Mitch Kupchak finally pulls the move on an in-season trade that is significant I, I always say that he hasn't done it yet and I always forget it's Brad Wanamaker I think it was it even like a was it cash that they got rid of in order to get Brad? I forget what it was. Uh, it wasn't a – yeah, I don't think a player was involved. Well, and here's the other thing about all of this too, Doug. It's the fact that LaMelo Ball can unlock the very best of players and their, the, their true self uh, with the Charlotte Hornets because he is so very good at facilitating. We know that he is a potential superstar, but they were having this conversation on NBA Today after that Milwaukee game. Kendrick mm -hmm. Perkins, Richard Jefferson, Malika Andrews, the question was posed to Perk first, is LaMelo Ball already a superstar? And Kendrick said, yeah, he's already here. He said, welcome to the party. And more so his reason for saying that, not necessarily for his play on the court. It wasn't the fact that he is statistically or even just watching him play one of the five, one of the ten best players in the game to announce him as a superstar in this league. But it's more so kind of the popularity, and he's the guy that kids – beg their parents to go see when he's in town. And then even kind of using this as an example where the Spectrum Center was rocking the other night, and he said it wasn't because Giannis was in town. It's like that in Charlotte every night because LaMelo is a player there. I don't know if it's like that every night, but we know that the attendance is very much so more improved because this team is fun, they're winning, and LaMelo at least is, is showtime. I mean, that guy mm -hmm. – 
is so much fun to watch. And I think national NBA pundits have recognized that to the point where fans have recognized that. What say you in that whole question of if LaMelo Ball is a superstar or not? I think LaMelo Ball has every tangible and intangible ingredient to become a superstar. And I think what we are witnessing in real time is him mixing those ingredients in the bowl and he's he's getting ready to put it in the oven late in this season and in the playoffs. I'm anticipating that occurring. And it started in that game against Milwaukee when he hits that incredible – instead of passing, he gets the ball passed to him from Terry Rozier, one of the best scorers on this team, says, here, here kid, it's your turn, go. And, and he did and he delivered. So th- to me, we're witnessing that in real time. But I would disagree that with Kendrick in that <laughs> that it that it's now. I, I'm just laughing at the idea of me disagreeing with Kendrick Perkins. Um, I but, mean, dude, I, honestly, the whole Perk thing. We I know he's ridiculous, and yet I still love it. <laughs> like, right, I, it's I, great. He really is <laughs> it's, phenomenal. <laughs> he's a, he's just entertaining. Uh, he's entertaining. He, is. he totally um, is. Okay, so I disagree with him be, because I, I think I would agree with him if. I had seen in those first-round all-star returns, if LaMelo Ball were one or two in the East, I would say, wow, there's an overwhelming fan response to LaMelo Ball in the same way that we saw with like Kyrie Irving. I, wa- you know, I, I wonder if LaMelo Ball does go to like a premier college instead of going overseas and, and, and you know, has, has a year with a, you know, a Kentucky or a Duke or a UNC or whatever – you know, maybe we do see that, but but his choice was to go overseas, and he ends up third in the draft. And uh, but but now he's showing everyone, hey, here's what you would have seen. And, and so I just think we're we're just a couple of years behind that. But I, you know, <laughs> like I said, he has every ingredient. It, we're just yeah. waiting on him to cook. Yeah, and I think the fact that he's even in that conversation is what allows Charlotte fans to be yeah. to the moon excited. Right. You know, it, it makes sense to me, though, and it reminds me of a conversation that Bill Simmons had on the Book of Basketball podcast when they did this profile on Allen Iverson. And they were discussing where he ranks in the pantheon of great basketball players and advanced stats as they've come along. They've kind of been the, it, Allen Iverson has been probably the biggest casualty to advanced stats when we go back and measure a player's career because you know, just wasn't a very efficient basketball player. Does get to the NBA Finals that one time, wins game one, and that would be it against the Lakers. And that would be the most team success that he ever experienced. And and I'm not saying that should have that effect on Allen. I'm just telling you it kind of has when you measure it through the advanced stats column. But what Bill was saying was like, man, you know, here I am. I cover the league. I, I watch every game imaginable. I'm trying to do everything I can. I love the game. And when guys, <laughs> brag. And well, we know, we know Bill Simmons. And you know, that's that's certainly something Bill would do. But to his point, he was saying there are a few guys that you circled. There, you know, there there were a couple that I wanted to see play basketball more than any other player in the league. And Allen mm-hmm. Iverson, boom, big old circle. Don't care at what point in his prime he was playing ball. I wanted to see him over a lot of other really good players. Do you think LaMelo has that kind of effect right now? Because I'm sure it does with a decent amount of NBA fans. Yes, but the question – I think it's a question of degree. It's There's no question in my mind yeah. that there are fans across the country that go to, to, to games to see LaMelo ball play. But I don't think that LaMelo – is that same kind of draw yet? Mm-hmm. I, I that's all I'm saying. It, I, it, here's the other thing too. I think we should allow Lamelo Ball to write the story. I don't. I don't love like the media 
national or otherwise, you know, developing the narrative before LaMelo Ball has had a chance to show it on the court. I have ever, again, I have all the confidence in the world, uh, and I had it before that shot against Milwaukee, that, that he is going to write that narrative. Um, but let's let's let him do that. Let's let him win the games. Let's let him hit the shots. Let's let him make those incredible passes that lead to game-winning shots. Let's let all that occur and then say, yes, he is a superstar. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the reason the conversation was there because of the shot, and maybe we'll see more. So I, I'm with you, though. Right. I, I, I wouldn't call him that. I wouldn't call him that yet. It's it's not there. I mean, if, even if you even if you wanted to say it's a year and a half worth of time, it's even less than that considering COVID, considering him actually missing the ten games or whatever that he did, or even more than that. Excuse me, with his fractured wrist last year. So we'll see where uh, where Lamelo is heading. But we all know it, it it seems to be somewhere pretty special. To the moon. Speaking of pretty special, let's talk about built uh built bar because built bar is something that tastes kind of like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate, but it's an energy bar that's healthy for you too. It's high in protein, it's high in fiber, but it's low in calories and it's low in sugar. And you have so many different flavors to uh, choose from, whether it's a staple, just like your simple salted caramel, or if it's your double chocolate because you're a fiend and you can't get enough, whether you actually kind of like a little fruit with your chocolate, raspberry, strawberry, so many different flavors. When you go to built.com and use promo code uh, locked 15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Also want to talk about bet online. They'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue the March to the playoffs and beyond Bet online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. And it's a new year. So they have a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to get started. Bet online. The fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, bet online where the game starts. We've got one more segment to go. We'll see if the Hornets can break the Philly curse. We'll talk about it next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We know the Hornets just can't beat Philadelphia. We know how much of a problem it is. 16 games in a row, Philadelphia has beaten the Charlotte Hornets. And this could be the 17th game that it happens. And what's interesting about it and what's painful about it is that, Doug, all of these losses seem to be pretty close. (laughs) The, The two losses you point to this year, they're losses that are, I think, by just four and even three. One of those games went into overtime where the 76ers were able to separate themselves and that was one of the games I believe both of them were when the Hornets didn't have some guys back because of COVID Mm -hmm. protocols you almost had a great way to end the curse instead it continues we explored why Nick Batum guaranteed a victory against the 76ers in the second win that they had in this streak of course it doesn't happen and they haven't beaten the Philadelphia 76ers since what are you looking for tonight Doug like how much would it mean to beat Philadelphia for you as a Hornets fan compared to all the other wins that the Hornets have, including just these last two against Milwaukee. 
Well, yeah, that's the interesting thing, I think, is that a win tonight against Philadelphia would mean significantly more, I think, for Hornets fans than it would actually mean for the players that are playing for the Charlotte Hornets tonight because a lot of them haven't uh, witnessed uh, – well, certainly none of them have witnessed all of these losses because the, the losses span so many years. Um, but I don't think they're focused on the streak at all. They don't really care about that. They're they're really just coming off these two wins against Milwaukee, uh, you know, preparing for uh, – to try to get one back against uh, Philadelphia team that, like you said, they've played close this year. December 6th and 8th, it was a similar situation then, the home-home game that they had with Milwaukee. It was the same kind of situation. They had two straight home games against Philadelphia. And uh, the first one, uh, Philly won 127 to 124 in overtime. And that game, Embiid had 43, 15, and seven. And then the follow up game, they won 110 to 106. Embiid had 32 and eight. And um, Seth Curry also played well in that game. Seth Curry questionable for this game, uh, probably not going to play. Um, so, but it's still going to be a tough matchup because Philly. They have so many tall players. Yeah. They're so big. And they're they're big. Not, a, not a single starter tonight. If Seth Curry doesn't play and they go with the starting lineup that they went with in the last game, not a single starter is under 6'5". So. Yeah, they're they're extremely big, and we know that Joel Embiid is one of the worst things that could possibly happen to the Hornets. It's a guy like Nikola Jokic, it's a Rudy Gobert, it's a Joel Embiid. Anybody that has any kind of muscle mass or is yep. just physically big along with being tall, that's brutal. And, Doug, I don't know if you've seen Joel Embiid's game log here recently. but oh, I have. He, he's, been, he's been a part of seven straight wins for them. He's had 31 points in each of the last four games that he's played. He had 34 against Brooklyn, 36 mm -hmm. against Toronto and Washington. The low mark for him was 23 against Atlanta. And before that, he had 41 against Boston, 32 against Brooklyn. He is playing like an MVP right now. I know that he's probably not in the conversation, but if you were to go back to the past 10 games, he's been unbelievable also helping that team win basketball games. So. Mm -hmm. Going to be really tough to stop Joel Embiid tonight. I do think this, though. You mentioned the players not necessarily caring about the streak. I think a couple do. Like, Miles being, I think he's the longest tenured Hornet right now, by the way, which is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. Miles hadn't beaten Philadelphia. You know, never has experienced one victory over him. P.J. Washington never experienced a victory over Philadelphia. LaMelo Ball, smaller sample, but has never experienced a victory over Lamelo, or over Philadelphia. Like, I think... When there's a team you just haven't beaten and you've played that many times, it's different when you're talking about a Lakers squad or something like that. But when you're talking about a team you play frequently and you are over against them, like that's got to be something you want to cross off the bucket list. Yeah, no, I think so. And if you want to take, if you want some silver linings, Mason Plumley, I think, has played better on defense these past few games. Uh, they they just went up against a team that also has a pretty dominating physical player mm -hmm. in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they were able to game plan around trying to do their best to defend him. And I thought the game plan on Giannis got better from game one and that they won to game two, which they were able to limit him a little bit more. So maybe they can knock and beat off this 30-point streak. It's unlikely, but I think they've got a better shot right now than they've had all season. Uh, the, the other silver lining that you can look at is that, yes – Philly's hot right now. They've won seven in a row. No doubt about that. The Hornets have won three in a row. But look at the last four games for uh, Philadelphia. Houston, Orlando, San Antonio, yeah. Houston. They're blowing out 
you know, poopy teens. Yeah, so the, figure out what form you wanted to go with. I was searching for what word I wanted to go with that didn't start with an S. Uh, so I went poopy. Yeah, you went. Um, you went from the S word to crappy to poopy. You settled. You know, on, I don't you went love to your the very word elementary form. I hear crap. I hear crappy on other broadcasts, and I don't. I don't know why. It's not, oh, it's I agree not, with you. Actually, I don't, I don't like I don't hearing that word. So I think poopy is a funnier word. Mm-hmm. Whereas crappy is kind of just. It just sounds like crap. Like it just sounds weird. Uh, so I don't love that one. So I just shifted gears down into poopy. So uh, four poopy teams <laughs> right now, over. Houston, Orlando, San Antonio, Houston, okay? So the Hornets are not poopy. They're not playing poopy, and, and their roster is such that they are not poopy. So uh, I think the Hornets have just gotten uh, – they're on a high right now, but I think JB has got them in a really great mindset. It feels like everyone is just really engaged. I think they. I think that Washington loss, really, if we want to, like – kind of fast forward at the end of the season if the hornets are six seed they're in play they actually get to play a playoff series i'm gonna look back at that washington loss and say that might have been the fulcrum point that might have been the turning point for the hornets saying wow we really we really embarrassed ourselves yeah. there with that loss that's going to be your arbitrary point since this point in the season they've been performing this well i i you know the players even talked about that loss you know they, yeah. they kind of talked about how painful it was. It was a wake-up call. It, it was, was like, hey, we can't coast. We can't coast, and these are important every game. We can't waste this opportunity. We can't waste this opportunity when we know, we know the schedule is going to ease up. We know we have an opportunity to do something that the Hornet that Hornets fans haven't experienced in a long time, which is go to an actual playoff series. Let's not ruin it. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Should have Julian Council on tomorrow. We do have something in the works, so I think that's going to happen. Make sure you tune in to see Julian Council talk about the Charlotte Hornets. And he's not talking about Carolina Panthers stuff right now. Like maybe offseason <laughs> stuff, that's kind of on the horizon, but he's not talking about any playoff games. So hopefully he can join us tomorrow. Make, uh, make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan!